0: Well, you know, there's nothing like having a real true story to tell. And uh, I've asked Albert if he would share with us tonight something that's transpired in his life. He shared with us a few weeks ago. What would that be? It must be five, six weeks ago? What was it? Okay. So you go ahead, Albert. Take all the time you need, then I'll keep it, I will keep it short, okay?
1: evening and he said would you share a little bit about your Uncle Henry. Um, Uncle Henry didn't just start on July 16th. I can recall there were times when I was going to Oxford Baptist they would say do you have somebody on your heart that you would pray for that you would think of and that you would be witnessing to for salvation and for me as I thought about that yeah that was my Uncle Henry. Uncle Henry was a man when we grew up he was 12 years older than me Now I'm one of the younger ones in the family, so he was the uncle that was the fun one. We'd go to Grandma's house, we'd play hide-and-go-seek, it was Uncle Henry who would play with us. That's where I got a scar on my nose from running into a farm-page wire that I didn't see in the dark. Um, He was the one that would play with us. So he was the one that was close to us. He he was the one that when I was a little kid and I had an Ertl toy and that thing fell off the stairs at home and the wheels broke off, I brought it to him and he riveted the wheels back on. So he was always that one that was close to us and that would play with us, that would, was our, more of a, almost like a cousin than an uncle, really. Um, <clears throat> so back um, when my mom had a stroke, it came back to me again because Uncle Henry was the one that came up to the hospital to visit her. He was close with her. Um, and so he would come, and I got to thinking, you know what? There's times in our life when we can, we can talk to our loved ones that becomes more easy and when they're looking at at us in sickness when we're going through funerals there's always times to reflect and to think and I always think that's the best time when people are more open um, to hearing the gospel. So Uncle Henry would come up to see my mom <clears throat> and there was one time he was already on oxygen and stuff he'd, he'd bring that along his little oxygen tank and he, he'd come to see my mom and there was one time when he was leaving out and i walked out the hospital with him and i started sharing with him again um just how he can know because he he was never sure he grew up in um in a christian reformed church um his particular place of worship they never really gave him much hope they would share that he knew that he was a sinner he knew that he was separated from god that his sins would separate him from god but he he really had no hope he was at a place where, you know, you come to the end, and I hope so. I hope it's going to be all right. I, I hope that God will take me, but I have no assurance. And that was always his his way of thinking. Um, so on that walk, I shared with him, and I shared with him lots. Um, there were many times when I would pray with him, and there was many phone calls that you don't know about, um, when he would call up. In the middle of the night, almost a uh, 11 o'clock sometimes he would call up and he, he'd talk he'd say i'm scared just in the last year and he'd say i'm scared and we'd chat and i'd i try to tell him a little bit more about jesus i'd try to tell him why he can have hope um and why he can rest and trust that god is faithful and just and that he will help when you call out to him um what else so on on july 16th we came in late and that was uh, the sunday afternoon that I had gone up to visit Uncle Henry. It just so happened, I didn't really realize this, but it was his birthday that day. his natural birthday. And so when I went there, (laughs) I sat down on his couch. My family went to my in-laws to help out with a little thing there that Sunday afternoon. And I said, no, I'm gonna go see Uncle Henry. Um, And so I went over to see him. When I sat down there in his living room, he was sitting in his chair. He's got an electric chair or hat um, to help him get up and, and down. And there was a table in front of him and had a birthday card on there. And I I said, oh, man, it's your birthday. I said, I didn't even get you a card. And he picked up that card. He handed it to me. And and I handed it back. He said, oh, thank you. (laughs) I'll read it later, he said. (laughs) So he was always a fun one, too. Um, So we chatted. We chatted. And we talked about many things. We talked. Wow. And there was a point in time where I said, you know what? He said, how come you know all this stuff? How come you know all this stuff about Jesus? He said, I've, I've gone to church. I didn't know all this stuff. And, and you know what? I thought for a moment there, and I thought we were the Christian family in, in our family. And you know what? Lots of times we bypassed opportunities to share the gospel with our relatives and friends. And I thought, you know what? That's not right. And as I sat there for a moment with Uncle Henry that afternoon, I said, you know what, Uncle Henry, I'm sorry. We had the gospel. And there were times when we could have shared, now we come to the end of your life when you're on oxygen, you're struggling, you're scared at the, knowing that time is short. And you know what? We, we had the gospel. We had the ability to share with you better all along, all through life. And we, we bypassed it, thinking you wouldn't be interested, thinking you wouldn't listen, thinking you didn't care, thinking you had other things on your mind. Um, let me go back, just one more second. There was a time when, that time when I was walking him out in the hospital, I was going to Oxford Baptist Church and I was thinking at that moment as I walked him out the hospital, I said, man, in my mind, I was thinking, I really wish our pastor was here and could really share with Uncle Henry the gospel and really share with him what he needs to know. And as I thought about that, God said to me, no, you know what? Uncle Henry doesn't need your pastor. Uncle Henry needs you to be ready to share the gospel. And for every Christian here tonight... You are the pastor in your family. You are the one that God has placed there to share with your Uncle Henry's, your Aunt Martha's, your your cousin Joey, whatever it might be. You are the one that God's put in that family to share the gospel. So get ready. Make sure you know, have an answer to share with them. Make sure you know the gospel so that you can share it with them in a way that they can understand. Um, so that, that Sunday afternoon we were sharing. And... It was coming to the end when I knew I was going to go home soon. And so I asked him, can I pray with you? And I shared that um, that night when we walked in late. Um, and I prayed with him. We prayed with him. I prayed that God would open his eye- eyes, that he would be able to see that Jesus loves him. I shared that all along, shared all kinds of things with him. Um, yet he struggled to believe it. He did. He struggled to believe it. He struggled to know that God was, could care about him. Um, and I assured him that was true God cares about each and every one of us um, he loves us that's why he went to a cross um, for us to pay for the penalty of our sins um, and I, I said can I pray with you and we prayed and I, I prayed that way that God would open his eyes and as I finished up praying I started thinking you know what that's all nice that's all nice and so I said to Uncle Henry you know what this is really nice but you know what God really wants from you he wants to hear you cry out. Uncle okay, Henry stopped and he thought for a minute and he said, Man, I don't even know where to start. And I said, Well, you need some help. And I, I didn't know what to expect, but he said, Yeah. And so I, I started him off praying. Something like, Father, thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us. Please forgive us for all the times that we've hurt you. And then he took over and he copied those words. And then he took over and he said, And for all the times that I've hurt. People around me, Father, forgive me for that. And he, he kept on going. It's like all I had to do was say Amen every now and then. It was kind of cool. Uncle Henry was not ever a praying man, but I think the Holy Spirit was leading him in that moment um, to continue. And he gave his life to Jesus. Um, and for me, that was a beautiful time. When when I drove, he lives the other side of Cortland. When I was coming back, there were tears in my eyes. I mean, I don't know how I saw the road really because. This was my favorite uncle, really, on my mom's side, her youngest brother. And he had just given his heart to God. And, and it, was a, it was a touching moment. I got on the phone in Cortland when I had stopped for the light, and I shared it with my sister. And she started crying, and so now it made it worse. <laughs> Traveled the rest of the way into Tilburg to pick up the rest of my family. Um, so Uncle Henry gave his heart to God. And he, he, he prayed, too. He said, help me to live for you. He only had a few few months left, actually only a month, because he passed away just um, this Friday. He'd moved Monday to Secure House. They knew he wasn't going to be long. They moved him to Secure House, and then on Friday he passed away. Um, And so I am thankful. I am thankful that Jesus reached in and touched Uncle Henry's heart right right in his final moment when he needed it. He... In the last little bit of life, when he, um, they had him on medications and stuff, and he wasn't as clear as he was in those moments when we had a chance to talk. And I said that to him. There were times he said, how come, how come God let me suffer? How come God's letting me suffer now? And I said, Uncle Henry, God's given you so much. He's given you a clear mind to hear what I'm saying to you. He's given you this time that we can talk. He's given you a whole life. And yeah, he may be allowing you to suffer, um, but that's just for this life. If you give your heart and your life to him, that suffering will end, and there will be no more. And and he said, you know what? You're starting to sound like my mom. <laughs> and I said, see? He's giving you her, too. He's giving you her, too. Because there was, there was times he said to me, you've had all this stuff to, to train you and to all these experiences you've had. He said, I didn't have any of that. And I said, oh, you had... Me, you had my sister Jackie, you had my brother Garrett, who would share with you from time to time, and then he said about my grandma, who who had mentioned some stuff to him. I said, I said, see, you had my grandma, and God's giving you so much. Um, don't don't think that God doesn't love you; He does. And for each one of us here tonight, and, and maybe you know the Lord, maybe you don't, but God loves you, and you can you can trust that He is faithful. That's the other thing. It, Uncle Henry afterwards, I talked with him a few times on the phone. I didn't get a chance to go up and visit him since his birthday. But I talked with him on the phone, um, and he said, "How can I know that it was real? How can I know that I was serious? And that's what the devil will do, right? When, when a person gives their heart and life to, to God, Satan will come along, and he'll say, "You didn't mean it.'t you weren't. you weren't serious with God. It wasn't true. It wasn't real." And I said, Uncle Henry, how can you say that? In your, in your final days when I can see you're struggling on oxygen and, and someone comes along and says you need to cry out to God, and you do, you feel that urge and you do, how can you believe it wasn't real? And I said, even if you're struggling, God is faithful. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they will never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And Jesus said, I and my father are one. You can't be plucked out of Jesus' hand when God's given him to you, or you to him. And I was able to give him a little bit of hope. Um, So I talked with Amber, too, just yesterday. And she said, you know what? You helped my dad a lot. That was Amber's my cousin. She's Uncle Henry's daughter. Um, she said, you, you helped Uncle Henry a lot when he needed it, when he was struggling. And like I said, there were times late at night he would call up and he would say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm scared. And I said, that's all right. It's, it's all right to be afraid. Fear is a good thing. And th- th- that was back before his birthday when we prayed together. I said, fear is a good thing too. Fear's, that's God's tool in your life to make you get ready. Um, he would call me up sometimes afraid. And I, I would, after that, that prayer I would remind him that he prayed and I help him to trust the faithfulness of God um, Amber said you helped him out a lot and then she asked me if I would say some things at the internment and so that's that's coming up this uh, Monday you can be praying for that they're having a celebration of life this next Saturday coming up I'm not sure if there's anything that I have to do there but you can pray for those moments um, that'll be when all of our family gathers together and um, I know when my dad passed away, all of my family was together on my mom's side in Canada. My dad's side is basically all in Holland. Um, and they gathered together. And I looked at that as an opportunity to share. You've got all of your family and relatives together. And some people would say, no, that's, that's not a time. I, in my mind, it's the best time there is. Everybody's together. Everybody's seriously contemplating the end of life. Everybody's thinking, you know what? This comes to an end. And when you have a Christian parent that's laying there and they're thinking about them, you can assure them that because they've trusted Jesus, there's there's life after death, and there's a there's a hope. And it's I think it's the best time in the world for us to share with our, our non saved family. And so I did at my at my dad's um, funeral, and then again at my mom's. Um, it is the best time. We know that they go on, and. and when my dad passed away, somebody came up at the, at the funeral, and they said, you know what? If anybody's got a chance of, of heaven, it was Henry, because he, he, yeah, he was a good man. And, and when I had a chance to say something the day of his funeral, I said, you know what? Henry is not in heaven because he was a good man. Henry is a sinner just like all of us. Henry has the hope of being in heaven because he knew the Savior, and he placed his faith and trust in, in Jesus. When my mom passed away, somebody, once again, they said, you know what, it's, it's so beautiful that they, she can look down and see us here and celebrating her life. And that, you know what, I thought about that too. When those folk go to glory, I surely hope they don't have to look back down on the sinful world. I sure hope God saves them from that moment and keeps them from that moment. And, and I shared at my mom's funeral, I shared the story of Jesus shared about Lazarus. And, and the rich man who... They both die and they ended up in, in the afterlife. And the rich man is in torment. And he's looking over at Abraham's bosom, the Bible says. And he, he sees Lazarus. And he asks if Lazarus can bring him a little drink. And it's told him, no, Lazarus can't cross. There's a great gulf between you and Lazarus can't cross. And the rich man says, well, then send him back to my friends and loved ones. Who still need to hear. And... and The word is given to that rich man. He said, you know what? They won't believe even if I send Lazarus back. Um, I find that an interesting story, too. I don't know how much time I'm using up. Um, (laughs) I find that an interesting story, that Jesus would give that parable of the rich man and Lazarus, and then somewhere along the line, whether it was before or after, he raises Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus is a testimony of the grace of God and the love of God. And Lazarus can now share what it was like to be on the other side and, and to come back. I, I just find that's an interesting story. Um, but I shared at my mom's funeral, I sure hope they don't look back on us. They're separated, and they're in a far better place. And, and we have every hope in the world if we know Jesus and, and beyond, beyond this world's hope. We have every hope in Jesus that if we believe in Jesus, we can end up there. He's promised that. He's given us that hope. He's given us that, that faith and that belief. Um, so yeah, if you're thinking about it on, on next Saturday and, and next Monday, I don't know um, if I have a part or not, because Uncle Henry shared with us once when he was visiting with us that he wanted my brother-in-law, who is who was a missionary all along, and he actually is a pastor, so I, he sh- said that he might want him to take part in the funeral, do the funeral, whatever for him, and I, I thought that arrangement was made, but Amber didn't seem to know about that, so... We're still up in the air about who's doing what for the funeral. So if you can think about that that time next week and pray, that, that'd be great. And that it would be a, a time when God can use whoever speaks to reach into my family. Um, we all look in our family, we think of all of those ones that don't know Jesus yet. And time is short, and it's growing shorter. And I think about that every time we have a Christmas celebration or an Easter celebration when when my wife's family and us get together, we don't do that so much on my mom's on my side anymore. Um, everybody seems to be separated, but I think about that every time when we have a gathering and those moments pass and not much is said, and I think, you know what, you, you missed another opportunity. How many more will you get? I just want to encourage you and, and challenge you and make you think. Um, number one, be praying for your family and loved ones. It's not wasted time. Uh, I was going to Oxford Baptist we went to Tilsonburg for about three years then we came here and, and it was years into Oxford it's, it's maybe eight years of praying for a man and beyond it's not just like you know what July 16th happened I go to visit and he gives his heart to Jesus no it's not like that it takes, sometimes it takes a lifetime of praying for our loved ones sometimes more than that it takes family and friends praying for them um, but don't give up hope as long as they have life, there's hope. And as long as you have a mouth to speak, you're the one that God wants to use. So I just challenge you with that tonight.
0: Thank you. Does anybody else else have something to share? Don't be afraid. These real life experiences are necessary. Not putting anybody on the spot, but God's putting something on your heart to share. Rob, do you have something you can share with us? I'll come down with the mic if you do. Okay. Just think about it. These real life experiences are something that we all need to listen to. God's been working in your life lately. This is more important than any other message, okay? Just take time to think about it and no rush. God's put you through through some things, Rob, that the rest of us haven't had to face. Right? (coughs) And you're bound to have had some conversations with God that we need to hear. If you can share anything, just something simple. And if not, that's okay. Don't want to pressure you, okay? And if not, maybe what we need to do is pray. Okay? Unless you've got something you'd like to share. Don't have to stand up, just sit where you are. Nobody here is going through stuff that you're going through. And this is where the real Christian life right. is evident. You want us to just pray for you? If you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Father, thank you for bringing Rob through to the point that he is now. He's had some difficult things to face that the majority of us in this room have never had to face. Thank you for the work that you have begun in his heart so that he's been sustained through this time. And you've given he and Ada and the children time to be away, to spend time together. Father, I know that Rob has told me that when he's had headaches in the morning, Ada has to read because he has trouble reading. Thank you for the helpmate that you've given to Rob. I pray that you would sustain them both and their family. We have on our minds, Father, that you can bring about healing in Rob's life. And we still have that hope. But we all also know that we are still living in these bodies of decay. And if it is your will to take Rob home at some point. We ask for your grace. For the whole family to go through this. But we don't give up hope. And I just pray father that you would raise. Rob up to health and strength. So that the testimony that he will have to share. Will affect many who are in contact with him. What a difference it would make to this community, God, if you gave Rob his health back. To see that you're a God of comfort, you're a God who heals. All of these things we know, but so many times we've never really experienced them. Father, I ask that you would work in Rob's life to bring about healing, and as you know, I've always been praying Father that you would continue to heal him, because I believe there is healing coming in, but we don't have all the answers, and we don't know. He's in your hands. Father, I ask that Rob's life, even to this point, will have touched our lives to the point that our lives will not be will be changed forever, because we've seen the way in which Rob has faced this illness with enthusiasm for life and giving him victory over his circumstances. And you've blessed him with a good time away. So we just commend him to your care, Father, for the days and weeks and months ahead that you would bless him and his whole family and that his life would be a testimony to the grace of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Albert, for preaching tonight. There's nothing better than to hear a first hand account of what God's done in a person's life. Thank you. We'll close with the hymn for the end.